Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. We're back, uh, Nancy Stewart and myself, uh, Rick Kearney, Stu Stewart. Uh, our favorite part of the week, believe it or not. We love the show, and we hope you like it, too. I always have to say at the beginning of the show, because we are on the true oldie station, that this is not a musical. I, I promise I won't sing to you. I'm doing you a favor. Trust me. I'm not going to sing. Uh, what I do do is talk to you about automobiles, essentially how not to be ripped off by a car dealer. Uh, that's the theme of the show, uh, Earl on Cars, and uh, we'll give you advice, and we'll implore you to call into the show advice on how to buy a car or lease a car or maintain or repair your car uh, by not being taken advantage of uh, car dealers in this country and i understand worldwide kind of exist in a different uh, uh, universe from the rest of retail uh, they're in the 20th century most other retail has entered 21st century and uh, you just don't get treated the way you should be treated by car dealers. That's another show. That's another story. Why that happens. I do have proof as to the fact that it does happen with the annual poll, the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics in professions. Uh, excuse me for you folks that have heard this before. But to me, it's startling that since 1977, the Gallup organization has conducted a poll on the best and worst businesses based on honesty and ethics. 1977, that's well over 40 years. And every year, car dealers are near the bottom. Last year, 2018, they were dead last, which really hurt me a little bit because I'm a car dealer. I still am a car dealer. I've been a car dealer since 1968. It's my, my chosen profession. It's my family profession. My wife, Nancy, my son, Stu, I have two other sons, Josh and Jason. It's a family business, and we're all in it together, and we're proud of what we do. But I have to tell you, when I'm at a party or a social gathering, and people ask me what I do, and I say I'm a car dealer, the looks on their faces sometimes. It's always a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah, somebody, I, it, it never is. Nobody a, just goes, oh, It's okay, a late-night comedian joke, yeah. car dealer, you know. And... Uh, the fact that the car dealers are considered and held in the lowest esteem by the Gallup poll every year for 40-plus years, they think we're the most dishonest, most unethical folks on the planet. So I take it personally, and that's really why this show exists, because I'm trying to do something to raise the bar for all car dealers. I want to be able to look a person, a friend, an acquaintance, and I can be at a party, and I can say, I'm a car dealer. You know, like I'm, I'm a doctor or I'm a nurse. Maybe that's why you hate parties. Maybe it is. Yeah. I never thought about that. If you were a doctor, you'd be no. all over, all, you'd be hitting the town. You must be a psychologist. I, I, that's probably, <laughs> you know, that's probably, never thought about that. I have good intuition. So anyway, that's the way we're, uh, the reason we're here. And we're going to have a little extra focus on this show this morning because I'm involved with a firm of attorneys and we are, I'm, I'm consulting, I'm a, I'm an advisor because I'm a professional car dealer, uh, about dealer fees, hidden fees, I should call them, uh, about what car dealers do when they sell you a car 
and they add money to the price of the car that they quoted you or advertised. And this is a violation of the uh, Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. This is a copy of the pertinent portion, portions of that act, Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. And we are going to pick a number of large dealer chains, and I say we, the law firm will, and they'll go out to the public and they'll find people who've been wronged by this, meaning that they saw an advertised price for a car, really a good deal. They came into the dealership and suddenly that advertised car isn't sold at the same price that was advertised. And there are things that are added to it and these are the hidden fees. Generically they're referred to as dealer fees, but specifically dealers can call them anything they want. Registration fee? They can call it a title fee. Exactly. Uh, notary and closing fee, doc fee, administrative fee, electronic filing fee, Donut tag fee. agency fee. I could spend Donut two fee. hours. Donut fee. I could come up with two hours naming what they name. And then in the state of Florida, there's no limit to the fee. Theoretically, a car dealer could charge a $5,000 electronic filing fee or whatever you want to call it. And they break the law when they add it to the price that you have seen advertised. And that is what is wrong. And so this firm of attorneys plans on filing a class action suit on behalf of the wronged and the people that were taken advantage of. And we're looking for witnesses to this act. Um, we started talking about this last week, and we're looking for witnesses. And if you witness this act of advertising a car at a price and adding hidden fees or adding the hidden fees and not giving the full disclosure. Uh, the disclosure has to be given no matter what they call it. It doesn't have to be called a dealer fee. In fact, most car dealers don't call this hidden fee a dealer fee. They call things like e-filing fee, electronic filing fee, tag agency fee. If you had to pay a tag agency fee or an e-filing fee and the disclosure was not given, and the disclosure disclosure basically says this charge represents cost and profits to the dealer for items such as inspecting, cleaning, and adjusting vehicles and preparing documents related to the sale. That's the exact language. I'm going to read to you again. This is the required legal language that you must see if you pay an extra fee, no matter what they call it an extra hidden fee that is not a government fee. That's another key. This charge represents cost and profit to the dealer for items such as inspecting, cleaning, and adjusting vehicles and preparing documents related to the sale. So we're looking for witnesses. Uh, if, you're, if you are a witness to a violation of this uh, Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act, you could call us. You know how to reach us. We've got a lot of numbers here. Uh, it's 877-960-9960. If you want to call us on the phone, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us. We have a text number, 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. Six five three zero, and you can stream us uh, video. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, you can stream us at 
StreamRollingCars.com, www.StreamRollingCars.com. Periscope.tv. Periscope.tv. So we don't want to confuse you, but we'll remind you throughout the show. And if you go to just EarlOnCars.com, we list all the ways you can stream us and listen to us. Of course, you can listen to us on the old-fashioned radio, too. Now, I don't want you to get the feeling this show is all about dealer fees. It's not. Uh, this show is about anything related to cars. And we get a huge number of calls on, am I being taken advantage of when I have my car repaired or maintained? Or you might have a question. You got a, uh, a little noise in your car. You got a vibration. Something about the mechanics or the computer computerization of your car. That's the reason we have Rick Kearney, who is sitting on my right. Rick is a certified diagnostic master technician. And he, uh, I know I'm exaggerating slightly, he knows everything about the computerization of cars. We call him an auto computer scientist. If you have a problem with your car, the odds are 99% he'll be able to diagnose it for you. And he's been with me for 20 plus years. Uh, he's been in the business even longer than that. Every time I look for Rick, he's in school somewhere no. getting trained. So, uh, Online learning something new. Yeah. The technology is changing so fast, folks, in cars, I don't need to tell you. If you've shopped for a car any time in the past couple of years, you'll probably find out that the new cars have got all sorts of exciting new special safety items, things that you really shouldn't be without. Cars are great. Uh, you can buy a car today and drive it 300,000 miles. 25 years ago, 50,000 miles with pushing it. So the cars are much better, but the safety advantages are what I'm asking you to look for. Do we have a caller? Uh, we do. We have a caller, but uh, first I want to let the ladies know uh, that they can win themselves $50 this morning. First two new lady callers, and uh, fortunately in today's world you don't, uh, as a female, have to, you have no reason to dread going into uh, a car dealership. Uh, we're learning a whole lot more and we're working together to build a platform right here on Earl Stewart on cars and that number 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to our first caller who, well, she joins us every single Saturday nearly and uh, her name is Tina and uh, she's part of the platform that I'm building here. We're building it together and she's from Benita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Hi, guys. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Good morning, Tina. Well, I, um, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Colorado and California. And the reason why is because zero-emission vehicles are going to become an industry standard eventually. So California has a mandate for zero-emission vehicles, and now Colorado has also adopted one just recently. And I realize it's going to be phased in, but Rick, I'd love to know your, and uh, Earl, I'd love to know your thoughts about zero emission vehicles. Well, it's, you know, there's, <coughs> obviously they're I like good. Them. They're good, yeah. <laughs> we, we all like them. Uh, there's always an argument on both sides of, the, of an issue, and uh, we, don't want, we don't like to turn the show political. Uh, clearly, um, no one could uh, disagree with the fact that if we had all of our vehicles with zero emission, it would be a wonderful thing uh, for a lot of reasons. And uh, we, we do have, uh, 
we are on a positive trend in that direction. And the emissions, as I understand it now, even with hybrids and with the advanced technology in internal combustion engines, uh, the internal combustion engines of 25 years ago were really terrible polluters compared to what we have today. You take a t car today that's not a hybrid, that is just a plain old internal combustion engine, and the emissions are down to a very low level. Uh, the federal government, uh, especially in the United States and in other countries, some other countries have really taken some good steps. Uh, hybrids were like a, a magical thing that have really helped to a, a tremendous amount. And now with the all-electric and the battery technology, uh, zero emission is just a matter of time. Uh, I, I think that we, uh, I think we're winning the race. That would be my bottom line, Tina. We are winning the race toward the emission problem for automobiles. Well, it used to be that an electric car or a low emissions car had not such great performance, but Tesla's proven that wrong. Yes. Tesla now has a very, very high performance car yes. that a lot of people clamor for because that little thing is faster than grease lightning in the dead of summertime. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, the, the interesting thing that a lot of folks don't really know about electric cars is that, that when they were first building them, they were detuning them a whole lot and putting a very tiny electric motor in order to maximize the, the very minimal amount of battery life that they had because the, the big drawback was the battery could not produce enough power to drive that car any great distance. It, and if you had a car that had great performance, it was, well, for want of a better term, an electricity guzzler. It would just suck the battery dry in a very, very short time. Now that the battery technology is catching up, now we can go back and get some good high-performance electric motors in these cars and... Oh, it, if these cars didn't have traction control, they'd burn the tires off them. There's no way you could keep tires. It, it would just literally rip them apart because there's so much power available from electric motors. Yeah, Tina, I think that uh, <coughs> you know, the, uh, the electric motor is so powerful, has such a great amount of torque. It's actually almost a negative. Uh, I thought we were getting away from the days of the... Of the uh, uh, muscle cars that we had back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and now we're oh, actually getting back. No. Of, you're right, a Tesla will blow the doors off uh, any uh, internal combustion engine. Any electric motor will do that, but that's not good. I mean, it's it was fun when I was a teenager, but who wants that power, kind of power now? Uh, if anything, we're probably going to have to start putting governors on electric cars because the ludicrous mode in a, in a Tesla is really a, a danger. I was in a test drove a Tesla with Nancy one day at the Tesla dealer, and uh, he says, you want to try the ludicrous mode? And we were up at a stoplight. He says, now step down. And before I knew it, I was doing 70 miles an hour. Oh, I yeah. Mean, Nancy still hasn't had three her seconds. Her neck still isn't fixed after that. Yeah. So, but that's not the power. The, the, the power is not the problem. You're right about that, Tina. Yeah. Well, imagine. Yeah, it's, it's the things, the things have definitely come a long way, and I think that's good because it's going to make the electric vehicle much more attractive <coughs> to other customers that are very discerning about what kind of vehicle they want to buy for themselves. Yeah. The battery technology is the name of the game, and it's uh, advancing at warp speed. Uh, whoever can win the battery war will own the electrical car market. Uh, some say Tesla's ahead. Uh, some say they're not. I mean, there are other battery manufacturers out there, some very smart people uh, building advanced batteries. Uh, the cost has got to go down, too. Right now in a Tesla, the battery is about two-thirds of the cost of the vehicle. And 
the good news and bad news on battery technology is the fact that the as a technology advances, your battery becomes obsolete. So if you buy a, a new electric car today with a battery in it, and three years from now, that battery will be obsolete. That means yep. two-thirds of the value of your vehicle is obsolete. You should lease uh, electric vehicles as opposed to buy them. And uh, once it stabilizes and we get a battery, let's say that's got 500, 600 mile range on it, then it'll stabilize there. Then we only have to get the price down. But uh, 20 years from now, there won't be any internal combustion engines except as collector's items. It'll be all be electrical vehicles. Yep. Yes, and for people that want to have an electric vehicle but don't have the money for it now, like I talked a few weeks ago, just wait a year or two. And the, the depreciation hit will kick in. Within a, a year or two, you'll be able to buy the car that you want for a much lower price. Great. That's a and great idea. like I also mentioned before, there's companies that sell or refurbish batteries for a much lower price than the dealer. So that's also yeah. another option to consider. Shop around. I, absolutely. Yeah. You're right. For the used vehicle buyer, yeah. uh, electrical vehicles, hybrids, and all electric vehicles, the, the Chevrolet Volt, you can get some steals on. You mentioned one, I think, when you called in before, Tanita. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Tina. I, I, when I think of your name, I think of Tina Bonita. Excuse me. Tina Bonita. So, Tanita. Yeah, right, Tanita. Anyway, uh, I think you told us it was a Chevrolet Volt. You saw advertised for like uh, one-third of the price of what you would expect to pay. So it's a real value out there. They only have about 200, 250-mile range. But so what? There are a lot of people that never drive 200 miles mm-hmm. at a clip. I don't. I mean, hardly ever. And if you've got a place to yeah, plug they're, it they're in and per- charge it up, they hey. a perfect commuter car. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. So. Tina, thanks so much sharing your input. Oh, thank you for inviting me. And ladies, I can't do this on my own. Please call. And everyone else, please be here every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for the plug. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Look forward to hearing from you again. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We've got a great mystery shopping report coming up, the second hour of our show from Palm Beach Toyota. And uh, again, ladies, the first two female callers, you can win yourself, (coughs) excuse me, you can win yourself $50. So uh, join with us. We're having a great time and would love to hear from you. Uh, We have a caller, I well, I don't think he's ready to. Well, let me mention this on our Mr. Shopping Report because it is a high point of the show, and we usually do that in the last half of the show, or the last quarter of the show, I should say. And uh, this this Mr. Shopping Report is uh, focuses on the violation of the Florida Deceptive we and Unfair Trade Practices Act. So be sure to stay tuned. Excuse me. We have a caller. uh, Nick is calling us from uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Good morning, Nick. Hi, Earl, Nancy, and Stu. You may remember I called, uh, I want to say it was late November, early December, about the multiple security deposits from Toyota Financial Services. How are you all doing? Doing fantastic. How have you been? Hey, I'm good. So I just wanted to 
update you on my situation. So Great. I did get a lot of runaround from the dealership. Hey, but, Nick, know, do I, me a favor. For those uh, listeners that aren't familiar with the situation, could you just summarize uh, wh- what occurred and then bring everybody up to date so we'll understand the, the findings that you're going to bring us now? So the multiple security deposit program is something that Toyota Financial Services, I believe Mercedes-Benz and also by extension, Lexus Financial Services do. BMW used Mm -hmm. to do it, but they recently discontinued it. And what it is is it's an opportunity for people to put refundable money down to buy down the money factor, which is the imputed interest rate on a lease. And it doesn't matter if you have good credit or, um, as they would probably say, less than perfect credit. Mm -hmm. You can still, whatever tranche your credit uh, is slotted into, you can still buy down the, the factor, which, you know, can significantly lower the cost of the lease. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of the lease that I recently grounded, I returned the car, I saved $20 a month um, over a 36-month term. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was uh, it was well worth it to save $720 to put fifteen seventy five down that, you know, I just uh, last week got back. Um, but I ultimately and did not uh, did not get into another, another vehicle, and I am driving a family member's uh, 2016 Prius 4 Touring, which is, you know, a nice car, which has lots of bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to sit tight a bit and then maybe over the summer or, you know, in a few months, uh, you know, see, see what's out there and get back in the car market. Well, that's good. It's, uh, I think, uh, you know, you sound like a very educated consumer. Most folks, when they're leasing, just think in terms of getting the lowest payment. And sometimes that can get people into trouble because a lease, as you know, is a little more complicated than a purchase. And the fact that you were uh, frugal enough and and wise enough to to be able to uh, reduce your monthly payment by an upfront payment, uh, and which fit into your budget anyway, uh, was was good. Uh, uh, leases today are used to trick people to come in with a monthly payment, and they do that mainly by increasing the amount of the down payment required in the fine print. And sometimes it's outrageous like a $10,000 down payment in the fine print and suddenly instead of that $250 a month payment it's $350 a month or more. So leases are for the uh, aware consumer who does read the fine print uh, but they can be a great way to own a car or drive a car, I should say, you don't own it. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. They think uh, they might actually be buying it. They're building no equity with a lease. And uh, the other gotcha in a lease, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with you, Nick, is the fact they often will have very low allowable uh, annual mileage. And they'll 5,000 miles. I've seen leases advertised with a limit of 5,000 miles per year in the fine print. And if you average 15,000, like the average uh, driver, and you put 10,000 extra on your car every year, 30,000 extra at 25 cents a mile when you turn your car in, uh, do the arithmetic. You're talking about thousands of dollars. So uh, I appreciate uh, the call, Nick, and I, uh, I hope you can call the show again. I love to get calls from out of state, Cambridge, Massachusetts. So a little do, you have, do you have time for another question or, or another comment as well? Absolutely, Nick. Sure. What is it? So the comment I wanted to share, and I encourage your other Toyota uh, enthusiast listeners, 
I made the trip uh, when I was out in St. Louis. I made the trip to Georgetown, Kentucky, to go and tour the Camry and Avalon facility. I think it's officially cool. called TMMK, Toyota Manufacturing, uh, Toyota Motor Manufacturing, Kentucky. And it was, uh, let me just say, I mean, it was well worth the five-hour yeah. drive. And, I mean, the whole facility is just so completely immaculate. And, I mean, it just gave me so much confidence anytime I get behind the wheel of a, you know, Camry or Avalon for that matter. And, you know, they also, as of, I think, late 2015, they also are doing a, a limited number of ES, uh, non-hybrid uh, units on the Lexus line, but they have a complete separate, you know, Lexus everything on hmm. a separate line. That's so cool. And um, it's on my bucket list. Uh, apparently they are trying to get the tours starting at the Corolla plant, which is in, I think it's Blue Springs, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, so Toyota's, uh, trying to, I guess, trying to do more of that. I mean, what I really would like to see, cause I, I lived in the Dallas Fort Worth area when I worked, uh, for American Airlines, mm -hmm. they have that new facility down in Plano, which is just, I mean, incredible in and of itself, but I don't know if they, if they want the public going through corporate. Yeah, that's but supposed I mean, to be huge. Uh, Plano, Texas, it, got a lot of land out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it's, I mean, it's a great facility, and then on the, to, to, to go on, build on the question from the last listener, I am actually looking at making a move to an electric vehicle, and that's part of why I am waiting. And I know that Toyota said they, they had a press announcement, I want to say about a year or nine months ago, that they will have an electrified option for pretty much the entire yes. Lexus and Toyota lineup. Mm -hmm. Will they do a Pure electric vehicle, just a pure battery electric, no gas, you know, not like of the Prius Prime variety, like not just the, you know, conventional hybrid like the like the Prius that, you know, Toyota obviously has shown great leadership and really led the auto industry in. I mean, will they do something fully battery electric like Audi is about to do, like the Chevy Bolt with a B, mm -hmm. you know, like Tesla, obviously, like is that... Is that in the pipeline that you know I, of? I think yeah. Stu can answer that question. Hey, hey Nick, it's Stu. Um, yeah, Toyota made the announcement that by 2025 they'd, they'd have an electric version. That was the first announcement. There'd be an electric version. Uh, every year they have an annual dealer meeting. Uh, uh, last year it was in Plano at the new headquarters, and they kind of clarified that. They said by 2025, um, exactly what you said, Nick, they'll have an, uh, some form of electrification on every model worldwide. Um, but they, uh, there was a caveat. They said that's not necessarily in every market. Um, they could be in China, which uh, is probably the first place that they'll go. Um, and when they say electrified, they don't necessarily mean a full electric version. That is coming, but by 2025, you're not going to find a, a fully electric Camry in the United States. Um, they're eventually going to get there, but it's going to be, when they say electrified, they mean hybrid. They mean plug-in hybrid. Um, they, they they do mean pure electric too, but um, it won't be the whole Toyota fleet won't be electric um, in in five. How years. about hydrogen fuel cell? Have they given up on that entirely? They shifted the focus. They have the Mirai yeah. still. There, yeah, it's still you can get the Mirai in California and maybe in Oregon, I think. Um, but I think it's just the West Coast, and um, it's still it's still in beta. <laughs> so yeah. they don't have the infrastructure, the hydrogen um, fueling station infrastructure. And uh, but they uh, when Toyota jumped into it, they uh, they're looking at every possible way to get away from the um, gasoline, and uh, that was one of them. But I think Tesla proved and and, sh and GM proved that there is viability with the all electric vehicles. Yeah. 
And one one non Toyota question, if you don't mind. Sure. What what experience? What perspective do you all have on the Chevy Bolt with a B? You know, I test driven it several times. I even had a dealer up here in the Boston area that had a had a used unit. I guess somehow come back recently that let me do an overnight test drive. You know, should I be a bit leery getting into a GM vehicle, having driven Lexus? Toyota and then a Nissan vehicle for some time. I mean, is the quality, reliability there? I mean, I probably won't keep the keep the car for more than two or three years, and I am looking to lease it. Um, but I'm just not sure with their reputation and you well, know, the car is going to suddenly have all kinds of yeah. We're going to sound like a broken record, to. dump, but we're going to recommend Consumer Reports uh, for that. So Consumer Reports does give it a recommend. Um, it's not the highest score that we've seen. Uh, it gives it a 70. And to be honest with you, I don't know if that's relative to other electric vehicles, but it doesn't look bad. Um, so it's uh, I would go to consumerreports.org and check out the Chevy uh, Bolt for the full review. But um, it looks like they think uh, pretty highly of it. Nick, I'd also say this. Uh, General Motors is a whole different uh, company than they were 10 years ago, and uh, they are modernized, they're efficient, uh, and they are a real player. Um, the Volt, by the way, uh, they got the jump on Toyota with electric. Uh, they, they gambled and went with the electric vehicle, and Toyota uh, did not. And so they really have, <clears throat> I think, a little uh, a lead on, on uh, Toyota and all electric. So I, I think the Volt, uh, they discontinued the Volt, you know, right. with a V, the, yeah, the yeah. Bolt with a B. I think in the short run, uh, you're better off if you want an all-electric vehicle. I would buy the Bolt uh, and not wait for the Toyota because the Toyota is going to be a while before they have something like the Bolt. But the fact that Toyota is so big and powerful and, and uh, got so much money that 10 years from now it could be an entirely different story. Yeah. But right now the Bolt is a good value. And at the risk of sounding like a Toyota commercial, I just want to say that plug-in hybrids seem to be a pretty good alternative. Um, I drove a plug-in Prius. And it, it, I didn't think I was going to like it, um, but if you're able to, if your commute, your driving habits are work with a shorter range, it's uh, that's a viable alternative to pure electric. And one more question, or I guess comment more to just sort of tie this all back, you know, and I've been looking at doing the Bolt lease, and the two things that I've been running into is, I mean, even if I get a really aggressive dealer discount, that again, I've looked at several dealerships in the Boston area here, mm -hmm. you know, and even if they'll discount the $43,000 car, because I want the one with the forward collision warning and the lane keep assist, and mm -hmm. fortunately, you can really only get that on the Premier, and I think some of the LT models, but they haven't had any in my area. Anyway, even if the dealer gives a, an aggressive discount and, you know, they don't, the problem is General Motors, uh, GM and Financial does not pass on the $7,500 tax credit that the lien holder gets. So mm -hmm. they get that, and now it's $7,500 through the end of March, then it starts phasing out because they hit the threshold. Right. But they also, there's like a 4% money factor right now, even if you have tier one, and I mean, that's that's driving up the payment and it's like i don't want a you know a, a 480 dollar you know payment on a, on sure. a chevy i mean well, remember just, to me it just seems it just seems crazy but they're absorbing the depreciation for you and that's the reason they have the high money factor because they know they're going to have a vehicle that's depreciated so you have to choose between 
buying and leasing, and if they ruin the lease with a 4% money factor, then I'd buy it. Well, I Here's what I'd do. I would I'd do a truecar.com, and I would search multiple dealers <coughs> with truecar, and that's the best way to get the best price on a Chevy Bolt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I mean, I, I had looked, like, there was there was a dealership in, like, upstate New York that's, you know, about an eight-hour drive from here, and they were having, uh, they were having, like, it was a 2018 that has been on the dealer lot for a while, and I was thinking, you know, it, it, yep. it was specked out with the color and the equipment that I want, and I'm wondering if, you know, I... I could go and get get a good discount on that, and then claim the seventy five hundred, which I I am told by my yeah. tax advisor I am eligible for, well, the and then I'll get the incentive from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and it could end up being a really good deal. But what I'm concerned about is that is that the car's been sitting for thirteen months near Buffalo, New York, and you know I don't know if if what condition the battery's in, you know, the tires. I worry that if a car's been sitting for a long time, particularly a battery electric vehicle, that there really could be severe impairments to its range and yeah. useful range and, you know, other things. Nick, uh, my advice to you, as I said, is true car. I think if you use that, you'll get the best price. And I'd like you to call back in next week and let us know your experience. Be careful of dealer fees, Nick. Uh, added non-government fees, even when you're, if you're dealing with true car, they are not supposed to do that. You still need to check them. But be sure that anything they add to the price of your bolt when you go in to buy it is a government fee. A non-government fee is a markup that they should have disclosed. Be careful. Use TrueCar and uh, call us next week, please. I'd love to hear your experience. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for all you do. Hope you had a good vacation. You too, Thank Nick. you. Stay in touch. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, we want to hear from you. We have a lot of information to share with you, but we encourage you to share your information with us, especially the ladies. This morning, we are giving out $50 to the first two new lady callers and we're going to go to Bonnie and Bonnie's visiting us from New York Wow! isn't that great Bonnie thank you for taking the time to give us a call that's okay I'm happy to my um I'm down here father's 92nd birthday you're what I'm sorry you're breaking up can you hear me better now? Uh, yeah. I think All right. Well, I'm down here celebrating my father's 92nd birthday. Oh, congratulations, congratulations. and happy birthday, Daddy. Yeah, he's pretty with it for 92. Um, he told me that there was a conversation about cars, and I'm a New Yorker, uh-huh. and I do drive. Interesting. I don't have a car anymore, and I heavily rely on the services of Uber and other And I find there to be a real inconsistency in the cars when they pick me up. Like, even if there's a Toyota Corolla or a... Yeah. Hey, Bonnie, you want to sell? 
Bonnie, okay. Bonnie, if you could, uh, I don't know if you have your radio on or you're not, uh, if you're a speaker, if you're not speaking directly into your phone, but you're fading in and out, and we believe the problem is on your end. Could you try to maybe speak up and speak directly into the microphone? Yeah, we've, we've lost you completely now. Uh, just a bad connection. No. Um, okay. Uh, now, now I hear you. I can go back over here. Okay. Because my father, is this better? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> so I just find there to be a complete inconsistency in the cars, and I'm wondering if maybe that might be motivation for these companies to uniform or unify some sort of system for their vehicles. Well, the car dealers uh, and all the manufacturers you know, competition is based on trying to say you have a better product than your competition and you have a lower price or a better value. So I don't think you're ever going to see consistency among all the automobile manufacturers. And the only consistency you see among the dealers is that most of them are trying to take advantage of you. Uh, we recommend on the show that you use a third-party source uh, to kind of even the playing field and bring to you the most transparent and honest uh, deals on cars. And we recommend two, uh, truecar.com, T-R-U-E-C-A-R, TrueCar, and Costco. If you're a Costco member, uh, if you're not, we recommend you join Costco, a relatively small fee. But both of these third-party sources will bring you the dealer that's most likely to give you a fair price on a car. For anyone going out on their own today, uh, trying to buy a car and dealing directly with car dealers is really it's a real minefield. It's dangerous, and you can be taken advantage of. If you if you do deal directly, and we don't recommend it, uh, we recommend that you deal exclusively online, and you deal with the internet departments. Internet departments have the lowest price. In our mystery shopping report uh, this afternoon, uh, we uh, shopped a car and. The first question the salesman asked, where did you get the price? And we got it online from their website, which is a lower price mm. than the salesman would have quoted. So e either buy online exclusively or deal with TrueCar or Costco. That's your best bet. I see. Okay, well, thank you so much. Well, hey, thank Bonnie. you, Bonnie, Bonnie and happy you, birthday to your dad. Are you a first-time caller? Thanks. Yes, I'm a first-time caller. Oh, great. My dad raves about this show. Congratulations, Bonnie. Stay on the line. I have $50 for you. Oh, thank you so much. How do you like that? Oh, that's a happy Saturday. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a happy Saturday. Also, a happy Saturday is all the information that we give out here that's free. And uh, let me tell you, the best place for you to go to purchase a car is right to the Internet because they don't know, you know, whether you're a man, woman, you know, and you can remain mm. anonymous. So, you know, you're going to get the best price and the best treatment. Good yes. luck to you. Thank you so much for the service. Thanks. You're welcome. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I believe Stu has some texts. You're doing that mind-reading thing again. <laughs> it must have been on my face. Okay, so the first one... Um, Looks like you got have a critic, <laughs> so this is for you, Earl. Okay. Um, you use the word dealer fee to attack your competitors. This is for one reason, to steal their business. 
This Consumer Advocate Act is a con. You know better than anyone else that dealer fees don't matter. You used to have one, and you claimed to stop charging it when you figured out the marketing angle. The bottom line is the only thing the customer need. The bottom line is the only thing the customer needs to worry about. You play with numbers and claim to be a saint. You don't fool anyone. That hurts. I, no, it doesn't hurt at all. It makes me feel good <laughs> that we finally have some criticism, even right. though. Uh, you know, who likes criticism. Now, I'd like you to please read that again. Yes. Slowly, clearly, <coughs> loudly. Will I do. want, we've, we have somebody that has the courage to call the show or text the show. Well, and I congratulate. There's no Fabulous. name on this. Huh? <laughs> this is anonymous. We don't anonymous, know. okay. <laughs> but nevertheless, it is, a, it is a communication. So please read it again clearly and slowly. I will. Someone that thinks that I'm full of it. I will read it again. Thank you. And by the way, your point is spot on. We are, we're, we're, we're touching a nerve here. Yes, so. let's hear it. Okay. You use the word dealer fee to attack your competitors. This is for one reason, to steal their business. This Consumer Advocate Act is a con. You know better than anyone else that dealer fees don't matter. You used to have one, and you claimed to stop charging it when you figured out the marketing angle. The bottom line is the only thing the customer needs to worry about. You play with numbers and claim to be a saint. You don't fool anyone. Well, thank you very much for that. <laughs> well, let, me, let, let me address that. Uh, first of all, let me say there's some truth into what he said. I used to have a dealer fee. Yes. My dealer fee was $495. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the business. When I started in business in uh, 1968. Dealer fee was 30 cents. My father, no, my father had a dealer fee. <laughs> it, was, it was $6.50. It was. And I just thought that's what all dealers do. It was dealer fee. Never bothered me a whit. And then it suddenly occurred to me as time passed, all we have to do is raise that $6.50 and it increases our profit because we can advertise a car. I, you know, Pontiacs back in those days, I could probably advertise. I remember advertising a Grand Prix Pontiac at $4,995. And so when they came in, uh, we could get the $4,995 plus $6.50 because we added it after the advertisement. Lunch. And then I was a college graduate, and I was a, a real smart kid, and I said, what if we raised it to uh, $16.50? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So this is all your fault? Yes. yes. Oh, my and gosh. I raised, now I know why we're doing this. And so I slowly <laughs> kept raising the dealer fee, and finally I got it up to four hundred and ninety five dollars and so we would just add that and all the other dealers and i used to do a poll i'd see what all the other dealer fees were and we never wanted to be too high because we could say our dealer fee is no higher than everybody else's and at some point and this goes back 10 or 15 years when did we stop the dealer fees to 2004 2004 so that is 15 15 years 15 years ago we stopped charging a dealer fee and I had a catharsis. I had a revelation. I, uh, I saw a vision or something. I threatened to quit. Um, oh, it was it was horrific, wasn't it? I'll never ever forget it that. It occurred day. to me. It occurred to me that what we were doing was wrong. Yeah. Uh, we tried to treat all our, all of our customers with honesty and transparency, mm. but uh, we weren't. I said, if we're going to be honest and transparent and be true and honest, we can't have a dealer fee. 
So I stopped the dealer fee 15 years ago. There was a hue and cry. Everybody was going to quit. Oh. We can't do this. It was a coup d'etat. How can you take $495 <laughs> off the profit of the car? And we, and <laughs> but, we but we did it. Yeah. And what we yeah. did was okay. we just advertised the price $495 higher so that the customer, now we had the full transparency. So we removed our dealer fee and we added, raised the price of the Giving car. Giving the customer the opportunity to shop that price. To shop and yes. compare. And as time passed, Good now point. dealer fees are in the thousands of dollars. And we do not have a dealer fee. And yes, and there was also a marketing angle there too. The marketing angle was I could say that I was the only dealer without a dealer fee. And I advertised this. And guess what? More people came to buy cars from me. They came. So I was a little old dealer in Lake Park, Florida. I was selling maybe 90, 80, 90 cars a month. Mm. And suddenly, I became the largest volume car dealer between Orlando and Coconut Creek. And I was selling thousands of cars a year. And people are coming to me because I'm the only one that doesn't cheat them by adding hidden fees mm. to the advertised price of the car. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, I used to charge a dealer fee. And yes, it was kind of a marketing idea because the marketing idea was, hey, if I don't charge a dealer fee and everybody else does, then more people will buy a car from me. I might make a little bit less on the car than that dealer does, but if I sell 10 times as many cars, I'm ahead of the game. And I've been exposed by the texter, and I plead guilty. But I would like to address the texter. It might have started out as a business marketing decision, but over the years, when you started to identify some of the other, a lot of the other practices that was were going on, yes. I just want to testify that this Consumer Advocacy Act is not an act. This is what consumes Earl Stewart's every waking moment. And it actually, it, to the point where it frustrates us on the business end of things. Exactly. So I'm just saying that to the, whoever sent this in, who is probably, I'm imagining, a car salesperson or somebody who works at a dealership, uh, uh, it's not an act and it's not a con job. Yeah. So. But I, again, I don't want to, to put down the texture. No. Even though it was anonymous, he had the courage to send it in. And I know there are a lot of other people out there that would like to send in text or calls or however they want to do it. Now... Also, here's something else. A lot of the car salespeople, and maybe even managers, have been propagandized by their dealer, yeah. by someone up in charge. I, we talked to car salesmen that I believe have been lied to by their supervisors. We talked to car salesmen that say that uh, dealer fees law. are required yeah. by law, that all dealers have to have a dealer fee. If we charge one person a dealer fee, we must charge everybody a dealer fee. This is untrue. Not true. But the salespeople that say this to our mystery shoppers, I believe some of them, many of them yeah. probably, have been have been propagandized because you take an honest person, they need to make money, you can make money selling cars, and you go in there, you don't want to do anything illegal. And what a lot of these car dealers <coughs> are doing is illegal. And I wouldn't want to risk going to jail or being uh, fired or sued uh, if I was working for a, a car dealer. And the car dealers, I think, are guilty of some of the uh, propaganda that we get from the salespeople, not yeah. the salesman himself. Yeah, so here's your Wait. Saturday morning challenge. You're all in sales meetings this morning, getting ready for the big weekend. Ask the sales manager, is it true 
that it's required by law. <laughs> yeah. Sales manager might not know, know the yeah. truth, but your yeah. but your GM knows. It's not only not required by law. What uh, most dealers are doing now is illegal. It's a violation of the Florida Deceptive Unfair Trade Practices Act. You must include all of your non-government fees in the advertised price of the car. If you don't do that, you're breaking the law. Yeah, and you you can head south and a dealer fee could be as much as what two thousand dollars yeah or oh, closer higher. closer to three thousand yeah three thousand no three thousand yeah it's the wild west down there yeah. Yeah. al hendrickson toyota and coconut creek uh has uh when you add the nitrogen in the tires to the uh to the uh what is it the uh, tag agency fee yeah. and the dealer fee approaches three thousand dollars it's crazy yeah, let me just give a uh, general. Uh, let's address Broward and, and Dade in Miami-Dade County. Yeah, if you want to save a lot of money, just drive north to Palm Beach County or Martin County, and you'll probably cut that dealer fee in half. Yeah. So, no matter what kind of car you're looking at, if you're looking at a Ford and you live in Broward County, drive up to Fort Pierce or something. Yeah, you'll get great a advice. Yeah. Great advice. And, and it'll more than overcome the extra gas. Yeah, and it's great that we have your anonymousfeedback.com, ladies and gentlemen. Here. Take advantage of it. Okay. Stu? Um, okay, yeah, we have another text. Uh, this one gave me a chuckle. <laughs> okay. It's only a matter of time before someone gets electrocuted to death by one of these electric cars. Now they say they're going to drive themselves. That's great. We'll have self-driving electro chairs on the highway, not the future I imagined. <laughs> Huh. Well, you know, it sounds like it sounds like a nutty comment. No, no, the no. Fact that, yeah, the fact <coughs> of the matter is, and uh, and Rick has told us oftentimes on the yeah. show, if you have a hybrid car or you have an all electric car, do not do it yourself in right. the repairs. You do not want to try to repair or maintain an electrical yeah. car or a hybrid because that is very high voltage. That's true. And the uh, the first responders and accidents are trained by Rick. Rick Kearney uh, does seminars for the fire department, the police, the first responders, telling them when you're in, a, you, got, you got a car that's been hit a lamppost and things are really bent and you, yeah. you, you want to deactivate the car so you can maybe rescue somebody yes. from the car. And to be, just to be uh, clear, I'm not laughing at the text. Yeah. I just thought the, the language was colorful. I yes. like the word electro chairs. <laughs> yeah, and electrocute yourself to death. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but Rick has uh, Rick a lot of experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, so far as I'm aware, although we have hundreds of thousands of Priuses, Highlander hybrids, hybrid Camrys, Avalons on the road in Florida or in the U.S., not one technician has ever lost their life to a high voltage situation working on one of these cars, and we literally are. Digging right in, we are getting into every single part of them. There are so many safeguards and but you're shutdown switches. You're trained. You wear these heavy but gloves. I've seen the gloves you guys wear. Well, we, we're anyone supposed get, to. Anyone get a non-lethal shock that you know about? Like no. where the hair shoots up in the air? And no. Okay, not, not even okay. close. There, there's, there's too many safeguards. It, <laughs> even, even just pulling the safety plug, but taking panels off. There are micro switches built in. That shut down that battery. Okay. Mm. It, it's there's too, to way know. too many safeguards. Yeah. That is good to know. Another text. Yeah, the last one actually it's on the topic <coughs> of electric vehicles is from a regular texter Anne Marie, and she says, "Good morning. I recently read that Ford will bil- be building an all electric electric Ford F one fifty truck. Glad to hear electrics are advancing, and that is pretty cool." Yeah. Mm. You know, Toyota Lexus is building um, 
a uh, well, this is uh, this is all autonomous. I'm, I'm, we got so many. We got two parallel technology: yeah. autonomous and electrical. Uh, I was really, I don't know if you knew this, too, Lexus, the first autonomous vehicle Lexus will build will be an LS500. Really? Yes. Well, I can't wait to drive your new your new LS500. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm driving an LS500 now. Or ride and, in it. It's going to drive yeah. for us. So. so it's, uh, and a lot of these cars that we are buying today, the new ones, are actually autonomous, but they're just not, the switches in the yeah. throne yet, the, the, hard, the software is there. When's that coming out? Um. I'm not sure. Probably within the year or two. Is, okay, good. I was yeah. thinking I might be getting too old to drive when that comes around. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're all caught up with text. Fantastic. Well, you're a regular comedian this morning. I'm channeling my brother, Josh. Oh, uh, there let you me, go. Uh, let Doing me, it well. <laughs> let me uh, tell you all about my blog and my newspaper column for the, the last week. It, it was a direct challenge to car salespeople, uh, attention car salesmen, join my witness protection program and uh, this is on my blog earlandcars.com we're asking car salespeople to uh, call us uh, anonymously or otherwise uh, if they if they witness any of these acts of deception by charging hidden fees to their customers now what a lot of car salespeople don't realize, and we talked earlier in the show about them being propagandized too. One of the reasons why they may be told that we have to charge all customers this fee is because car salespeople do not get paid on dealer fees. Now think about this. In South Florida, I'll be kind, the average dealer fee is about $1,000. Good round number. The car salesperson's commission is 25% on average. So when a car salesperson sells a car and adds a $1,000 dealer fee, he gets 25% of the commission of the profit the dealer says is profit. He doesn't get 25% of the $1,000 dealer fee. Now that is profit. Mm-hmm. The dealer puts that right in his pocket. Pulls Does, it away, takes exactly, it off the top. Exactly. That goes to the buy the airplane, mm-hmm. the yacht, right. you know, whatever. Second his house. private chauffeur, whatever the dealer has. And the salesperson gets, pardon the expression, screwed out about $250 because every time you car salespeople are selling a car, if the, your dealer's average fee is about $1,000, he is stealing $250 from you. What is a salesperson to do then? Wait, jack up the price of the car. Well, he can he can right, jack up the price to make of the it car. More profitable. To yeah. Him. If and when you get into an argument with a car salesperson and you say, "Why can't you just take this dealer fee off?" and he says, "Because we can't take it off. The law prohibits it." That's why he's been told that probably by the dealer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the salespeople are not aware of this. A lot of and, lying going and on. And if car salespeople are listening, listen, the dealer's taking that. $1,000 dealer fee or $2,000 dealer fee or $700 dealer fee, whatever it is, he's taking that and he's putting it in the bank and that is profit. He's paying taxes on it, I hope. Hmm. Some the of them. IRS hopes, too. <laughs> Most of Sometimes. them. It's profit. And you are not getting a nickel. And your pay plan probably says you're getting 25% of the gross profit on the car. The dealer fee is part of the gross profit on the car car salespeople. So if you'll let me know, and we have the anonymous number, because we know you don't want your boss, the dealership, to find out that you're ratted on him 
and you go, you just go to youranonymousfeedback.com, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Tell us the facts of what's going on in your store. Uh, If we use it, we can be, uh, you can, we can make it part of our class action lawsuit. And to sweeten the deal for you, we'll tell you about all sorts of other kinds of monkey business that your boss is dealing with you that you probably don't know about. Exactly. Great information, ladies and gentlemen. Read it here on Earl and Cars, and it's uh, simply called Attention Car Salespeople or Salesmen Join My Witness Protection Program. And the Witness Protection Program is the anonymous feedback. Mm -hmm. This anonymous link, youranonymousfeedback.com, cannot be penetrated. It is by a company called Incognito. Encrypted. Encrypted. Uh, it's used by Amazon, uh, by Adobe, by the Public uh, Broadcasting Service, uh, and a number of other blue chip companies. You use youranonymousfeedback.com. Nobody and it's can for real because I, I I submitted when I said that Earl was an idiot and he has no idea it was me. Uh, Oops. There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, help us to uh, expose this deception. Remember, you're anonymousfeedback.com, and we have a mystery shopping report coming up uh, in a little while, about a half hour. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I've got a bulletin that came through yesterday from the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, and this is a panic bulletin <coughs> sent out to all the members. The FADA is basically the lobbying group for all car dealers in Florida. And this uh, basically says, warning, dealer fees under scrutiny in Florida. Warning, dealer fees under scrutiny in Florida. Run! Are you protected? <laughs> Lots of lawsuits are going on in Florida regarding dealer fees. FADA, Florida Automobile Dealers Association, has cautioned you in the past not to have dealer fees appearing on the retail installment sales contract. That's a finance contract for you folks that buy a car and finance it, which most people do, because you don't have the disclosure of these fees on the finance contract. Florida Automobile Dealers Association strongly advises dealers to put these fees on line one. That's, well... Obviously, that's number one, which is the total price of the car. Am I right, Stu? Yeah, that's correct. So, further deception. They're telling you to include all these dealer fees that you are telling the customer were fees. Put them in the price of the car because that's what they really are. If you need direction or clarity, please contact FADA by calling so on and so forth. So, a lot of lawsuits going on, folks, and our efforts are going to be part of it. We're going to be part of a class action suit, and there's going to be a lot of other. The heat's on, the dealer fee Boy, in the state of Florida. Ever. And we have a caller. Yes, we do. On. John's called to chat with us from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Hey, John. Speak about dealer fees. I don't know what the year was, but Earl Stewart is responsible. Uh, in California, there was a big thing going on about dealer fees, and one of the main people that they consulted about dealer fees was Earl Stewart. I don't know what the year was, and they agreed the legislature <clears throat> of a 75, which I think still stands today, dealer fee, and it was all done through the efforts of Earl Stewart consulting, just like he is on today. He's on the consulting with the class action suit. So maybe you could give us the details, Earl, but it's a $75 fee 
maximum. That's the amount that they yep. charge now, and it's a lot to do with the efforts of Earl Stewart. Can you just give me a little details about that? Yeah, thank you, John. California has got some excellent consumer protection, and uh, uh, they now have a law, and and I did consult with the president of the their consumer group out there, CAR, uh, uh, C-A-R-S is an acronym, yeah. C-A-R-S, Consumers for Auto Reliability and Safety. Consumers for Auto Reliability and Safety, CARS, C-A-R-S, uh, an amazing organization. And they have protected the California car buyers by having a law that says, if you have a dealer fee, call it a dealer fee. If you have a dealer fee, you can only charge $75.00. And if you have a dealer fee, you can't change the name. You can't increase the price. It's not right that you're going to charge additional $75, but at least you know this. All dealers charge the same thing. Yeah. You can factor that in mentally. When you're car shopping, you know what the car, the dealer fee is called, and it takes away the... Yeah. And why that's really good for consumers out there, because most people, when they shop for a car now, they're going online. And this is a common habit of all online shoppers. When you're looking for a product, you get a list of things for sale, and then you sort it by price low to high. So in a state that doesn't regulate dealer fees, like Florida, you can have a list. You think you're looking at the lowest price car and working your way down the list, but you don't know what that dealer fee is. California, sure. when you sort prices from low to high, you know exactly what you're getting because you just mentally add $75 to every price you see. Exactly. And uh uh, we often say, uh, talk about AutoTrader, AutoTrader, Cars.com, cars uh, nobody recognizes, including Costco, I'm sorry to say, uh, fully recognizes, there's some recognition with Costco, but anytime you're looking at prices online, they have to play the game with the dealer, and they don't include the dealer fee in the price. So when you're sorting any third-party source for the best buy, you're not getting the dealer fee. And it's just not getting the dealer fee is just like not, just like not knowing the price. I mean, if you have a $2,000 dealer fee, uh, you're understating the price online by $2,000. So you might as well not use the source. Yeah, and a lot of things, when you get attacked like that texter who says you're, like, hiding it in your price, the thing is, if advertising didn't exist, then the dealer fee wouldn't matter. The whole point is the deception that you experience from the time you see the ad and the time you go to the dealership. That's exactly. that's the problem. Exactly. John, well, I hope I covered it. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Uh, uh, it's something that should be in Florida and hopefully will be one day. Hopefully, maybe with the new governor, we never know. But I sure would like to see it because, as you say, it's pure profit yeah. and it's... Uh, people done not aware of what they're really paying exactly well it's uh as Stu just said uh, online shopping is the best way to go but if you're relying for prices on third-party source remember they do not include dealer fees and when you're buying a car in south florida you're looking at uh, between a thousand and three thousand dollars that you really have to be accounted for before you buy a car never buy a car with anything included in it except the government fees Wait. No. Look, looking forward to the shopping report. Thank you, John. Thanks, Appreciate John. the call. Thanks for staying in touch with us. Boy, no wonder we're at the bottom of that Gallup poll. Goodness gracious, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's so simple, you know. It's so easy to, to do the right thing. Deception. Oh, Ladies you. and gentlemen, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, and you can text us. 
at 772-497-6530. And we're going to go to uh, Johanna and uh, the call is from Jupiter. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. I'm sorry. It's, um, I'm, I'm sitting in my car at a park where I take my dog and it's raining, so he can't get out, and he hasn't stopped whining. So oh. if you're whining, that's what it is. <laughs> Put him on. I'd like to have a word I'm with a fr- him. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a first-time caller, and I'm sure you have answered this question, this question thousands of times. But um, I have not heard it. So I'm old, and over the years we've bought many cars, and there's always extra costs. How do you know what are legitimate costs? Because you, I did hear you say that there's thousands of different titles that they list the fees under. So uh, what are legitimate costs? We know there's taxes, tag. Mm-hmm. I, I, yes, I've definitely paid cleaning fees in the past and everything else that they've named. But how do you know what are legitimate extra costs? That's a great question, Joanna. And uh, it, maybe we've covered it, but it's a, it's a fine point. If you can, if people understood this, they could absolutely defuse the effect of the dealer fee. The acid test to if something added to the price of the car is a legitimate government fee is very simple. Was there sales tax charged on that amount? If they have a fee, they call it a tag agency fee. It sounds legitimate. Sounds like part of your license and registration. Tag agency fees are not legitimate. Electronic filing fees are not legitimate. The reason you know for sure, the dealer will not charge you state sales tax. Florida has a 6% sales tax. If they don't charge 6% on the fee, it's not a fee, not a government fee anyway. It's profit to the dealer. So if the salesperson won't be honest with you, you can just look at the calculation on the vehicle buyer's order and you will see that 6% has been added to the total legitimate price of the car. If an item on there that was added did not have the 6%, it's not a government fee, and it's they're cheating you. It is a yep. added profit to the dealer that was not disclosed. Just look at the line that says sales tax. Everything above that line is illegitimate. Everything below that line is legitimate. Exactly. Oh, okay, because I've even paid transport fees. I mean, I've, you know, they're always listing something. Exactly. They're ingenious, uh, Joanna. They come up with, uh, every day when we do a shop, we find a new name for dealer fee. On today's mystery shop, they had abbreviations that made it even harder to understand what it was. Mm -hmm. SVC, DEL, FEE. Yeah, transportation is... Oh, no, I've seen that. I've seen that repeatedly, and, of course, I've always asked... But I am always told, yes, it's either the state or it's federal or that it's required by law. There are always, always extra costs. Exactly. Uh, The dealers uh, do this for the simple reason that everybody's advertising the same product. you got a Chevrolet. In a typical market, you'll have four Chevrolet dealers. And they're all all advertising the same models. And if, if everybody put their lowest price on there, it would afford the shopper, the car buyer, uh, the right to take the lowest price and go to another dealer and say, I'll buy it from you if you beat the price. So no one wants the consumer to know what the real price is. So by advertising the price without the $2,000, $1,000 additional profit, the hidden fees, you come in because they can actually advertise the car below their cost 
And so the other car dealer can't possibly match the price because he'd be losing money. So you come in with an advertisement that's below the dealer's cost. He slaps on another $2,000. Now he's got himself a tidy profit. So that's the reason the dealer fee exists. So you can trick the customer into coming in the door. Well, you know, that's funny because I've also found there, there have been a number of times, because um, I'm, I'm very um, business savvy. And I make deals. And there have been several times that I've, I've either walked or I've gotten prices off. But I have realized through the years that the best deals I get are the cars I don't need. If I'm in a position where I can walk, mm-hmm. I always get the best prices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if I really don't need the car, but I want it. Exactly. You know, yeah. or, I've got, or I've got extra time. Sure. Um, I mean, I've even waited one or two months on a car where I've had a dealer call me back and knock ten, twelve thousand dollars off of a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where I, it's been very easy to walk. Yes, I fell in. One was a Jaguar, an old Jaguar. I fell madly in love with it, but I certainly didn't need the car. We already had five. Mm-hmm. You know, in our six, our six-person family, mm-hmm. and a month and a half, two months later, they called me back and had knocked twelve grand off. <laughs> Suddenly, all the, the, the dealer fees were gone. Yeah. Yeah. along with everything else. Yeah. So that really was the smartest way. But thank you, because I, I do see so many different titles. Sure. And you always know, anybody going in to buy a car knows that there's going to be thousands that they're going to add to the cost. Yeah, the only thing that dealer fees have in common, the names are all different, but they always have fee. Because fee carries that insinuation that it's a government thing, you know. Governments charge fees, and so they'll, whether it's a tag agency, electronic filing fee, administrative, notary, documentary, there's always fee on the end. So when you see fee, that's a red flag. And then you do the test with sales tax charged on it. You go to the, uh, what is it, line one or the? Uh, yeah, t- just the top line. Top line, yep. yeah. Where it says, when you see sales tax, anything below the sales tax number is legit. Is, is, is you're, you're covered. But yep. if you're not, if they didn't charge sales tax on it, it's not a government fee. And do most of them, are there, I mean, can, do a lot of them, once you realize this, and you can say to them, look, I know exactly what this is, do a lot of them take it off, or do they let you walk? When you, when you catch them cold on that, uh, the next thing to say is that I don't, I, I don't want to pay the dealer fee, and th- then they will say, we have to charge it by law. Try this. Okay, you go ahead and charge the dealer fee, but take the amount of the dealer fee, the $1,000, and reduce the price of the car yeah. by that, and then go ahead and charge me the fee. That'll be a wash. Yeah. So if it's illegal to remove the dealer fee, it's not illegal to reduce the price. That's correct. And then if they won't reduce the price by $1,000, do what you said, Joanna, that's Beautiful. You do a 180, you walk out the door. Sometimes they'll chase you right out to your car. Sometimes they'll let you get home. (laughs) Oh, yes, I've had that. I've had that, yes. I've had that. Or, you know, the funny thing is a lot of times I won't give them my information. Uh, And it doesn't uh, matter because in this day and age, all I did wrong was call them. Yeah. So now they've got my number. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I had them call me back, and I said, "Where did you get my number?" Exactly. Oh well, you know, it, it was saved when you called in. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> in, in most cases, I think if if you do what, exactly what Earl said and suggest that they reduce the selling price by the amount of the dealer fee, listen, you might have you might go back and forth. I'd be very surprised if they don't do that. Now it all depends on like how much profit they think they're making <coughs> on the car. So if they if they're making no profit, they might not. 
uh, or very little profit, they might not do that. But in 99% of the cases, they're they're making their money and they're, they're they'd be happy to eventually take it off. Joanna, we'd like Joanna. to yeah, And also they judge. They judge whether they think you really need the car or, re- or whether you're really going to walk or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, walking is uh, powerful. There's a lot of deception out there. Uh, Joanna, I want to thank you for being the uh, first-time uh, first caller. And I, uh, I have $50 for you. Oh, so leave oh your in- wonderful. I'll to definitely take this take thing that. off that last dealer fee. <laughs> leave, your, uh, leave your information and I'll get the check out to you. I'm sorry? Leave the information with uh, Mike yeah. in the control room. He'll get your contact information so you don't have to give it out over the air, and then we'll mail you a check for 50 bucks. I thank you so much, and I appreciate your station and all your help. Thank you. Keep listening. Uh, isn't it amazing? Walking is so powerful. Leave. She just proved it. They mm-hmm. called her three months down the l- Save twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Exactly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a whole lot more information for you. So keep on listening. And uh, we're gonna go to Nick. Nick's calling from uh, Naples. Good hey. morning, Nick. Fort Myers Hi, area. Good morning, everyone. Hey. Thanks for taking my call and uh brand new listener and watcher and uh, just found your channel on YouTube for the uh, broker video and uh, kinda got my uh, question arised. And also saw the Fusillo video, so thank you for posting that. <laughs> Always wondered and, and knew that the uh, payment or the uh, cruise fee came in the form somewhere. So it was kind of good to see the breakdown of where that comes out of. So thank you. You're welcome. What can we do for you today? Uh, but the, yeah, the question I had about uh, brokering uh, or buying through a broker was I'm um, actually ha- uh, renting or leasing a commercial space now. And... Um, got it for personal projects to work on cars, et cetera, and thought since I have the uh, commercial space, it might be worthwhile looking into an independent dealer license and just wanted to get your opinion on going that route versus just buying through a traditional broker and didn't plan on more than three or four cars a year. That's kind of projects and, and possibly, you know, like Copart or salvage auction cars and just wanted to be able to purchase them cheaply. Yeah, Nick, a lot of the brokers, I'm not sure, I think maybe most of the brokers uh, don't have a dealer's license. They, they, they operate through the dealership. In other words, the dealer actually uh, sells the car, and he's the official uh, seller. So he, he, the dealer, has a dealer license. The brokers act as a middleman, and they get the commission from the dealer for the, for the broker's fee. But you could, you could get a dealer's license and deal directly, in which case you'd have to buy the car from the dealer, and then you would resell it uh, to the uh, to the individual, the actual retail buyer. Uh, is I think it's a I think it's a, a good business. I think with the deception we have, with uh, uh, so many car dealers taking advantage, someone that understands all the ins and outs of a car dealership, uh, that knows all the, I'd make a great car broker. Uh, uh, you could study it. You know. Uh, you could read my book and you could be a good car broker. You, you basically just have to know how not to be cheated. Once a car dealer recognizes you and he realizes you're a broker and you can bring him plus business, he'll probably deal with you fairly anyway. And then you have to decide then what's a fair price to your customer. I always advise uh, people that use brokers, be sure 
Check the broker to be sure you're getting a, a fair price. The broker has to make a commission. A typical broker's commission is around $500, but some brokers will make a lot more than that. Some will make a little less than that. Sure. And it depends on the volume you do. But I'd say total transparency with your customers. Say, listen, my commission is this, but I can save you another 1000 or $2,000 by dealing with the uh, dealer and uh, lay it on the line and then let your customer make the decision. Uh, you, you avoid a lot of aggravation, headaches, hassles, and you hear what goes on if you listen to the show, the the, the, the browbeating that the typical car buyer gets today when he walks sure. into a car dealership. Now, what, would about, what would you say if it was uh, to purchase a car for myself without a dealer's license? And a lot of those auctions require you to buy through a broker um, you know, rather than uh, from a dealer. And uh, a lot of the dealers don't seem to want to work with individuals, um, at least that, you know, in my experience, that uh, uh, they won't want to bid on your behalf, let's call it. Well, it depends. You know, they, if, if you pay them a fair amount... Uh, then that has to be negotiated, and it would depend on the dealer. Uh, it's plus money to them. Uh, you have to find uh, a dealer that's buying at the auction that you can trust. Uh, that's a that's a real sure. handful right there to do that because auctions are buyer beware. You know, uh, caveat emptor, uh, wholesale auto auction. You really got to know what you're doing because you can easily be taken advantage of. But uh, if you can find an honest dealer that'll buy cars for you and you negotiate a price, uh, the price would depend on the volume he could do. If you're only going to buy one car a month from him, he might want to charge you four or $500. If you're going to buy 10 cars a month, he might only want to charge you $100. Uh, and then gotcha. again, that would be negotiated. We, we deal with, uh, we actually uh, sell cars for other dealers at the auction. I, have a, I am a dealer. Uh, and, and I have a you know, full transparency. I have a Toyota dealership, and I have a full-time buyer seller of wholesale cars. And uh, he actually sells cars uh, for other dealers, uh, and we charge them a fee for it. So it's a common practice. It's perfectly legal, and you just need to find someone that you can trust before you get into it. <laughs> Last question. You've been great on giving so many awesome recommendations for things like the uh, Costco buying program, I've heard, and just a couple other quick ones in the short time I've listened. But can you give any recommendations on a broker in Florida? There is a broker uh, in Miami, and uh, he, the, I was, uh, I had it in my, uh, I had it in my. I've come across iPhone. one, and I don't want to say the name out loud, but it's a web-based or uh, internet-based company that's that's headquartered in Miami, and uh, it seems like a fee-based service, like a monthly service, and that's not, you know, I was looking for just yeah. a single purchase type we, broker. Yeah, we use, uh, uh, we work with a company called American Chariots. Ah, in, that's it. Yeah, down in Miami, and uh, yeah. I don't know if it's all online. I'm only familiar with just the, uh, you know, the. No, that's the, yeah, Amer American Chariots. I appreciate that. American Chariots in Miami. Interesting enough. Uh, the uh, one of the attorneys in the class action lawsuit that I'm consulting with buys all his cars from American Chariots, yeah. and uh, he won't go into a car dealership because yeah. he knows what happens. Yeah. And uh, American Chariots has been in business for <laughs> for I'm going to say 20, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. They've been around a long time. Yeah, their website is is just AmericanChariots.com. Yeah, AmericanChariots.com. Well, keep up the great content. I appreciate it once again, and uh, you've you've gained a new listener and subscriber. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. And, uh, Thank you so much. And, uh, Have uh, a good one. Let us know every now and then when you see a really interesting Pachillo advertisement. <laughs> we love him. <laughs>
It's huge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And hey, guess what? We feel a little generous. Let's hear from another lady caller. I have 50 more dollars right here in my little hands and your uh, billfold yes there you go <laughs> and i'd like to share it with you ladies help us to build this platform for the female shopper again 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and back to Stu. hey we got some text actually comments on our facebook live video uh, linda facebook friend of yours says, Earl, you are full of it, <laughs> full of love and concern oh. for people and full of knowledge about oh. cars. Keep caring. Keep up caring for us viewers. Oh, oh Linda. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> I gave her a laugh emoji on that one. Yeah, she good. fooled me for a second. Um, uh, Andreas um, is also a regular watcher, and he just has some comments here. He says, I like what Earl recommends. Compare three or four out-the-door prices. I don't care what makes that number, and dealer fee or no, or no dealer fee, if I like the number and if I like the dealer, then I will likely purchase the car. I've heard you or someone else say that some dealer said, I have to charge you the dealer fee because we have because we have charged others. If we didn't charge you, then it wouldn't be fair to all the other customers who shop with us. And then he just finishes up, says the best uh, uh, the best negotiating tool is just to be able, the ability to leave. Yeah. Well, to. let me address that issue because <clears throat> there is a slight nuance of concern when a dealer charges one person a dealer fee and doesn't charge another person a dealer fee. And that's been exaggerated and blown up to say they have to charge a dealer fee. What, what the, the, the essence of, of truth there is the fact that if, in terms of discrimination, if you were to charge all women dealer fees and no men dealer fees, You're then you trouble. could be sued for discrimination. If you were to sue an uh, Afro-African-American person, dealer fees, but all Caucasian people, no dealer fees, that could be discrimination. It's a discrimination issue, got nothing to do with dealer fees. You can charge, as long as you don't discriminate against race, creed, or color, you can charge one person a dealer fee and not charge the other de- person a dealer fee. Right. <coughs> okay, uh, John Neal, also a longtime listener, Facebook friend, John says, good morning, Earl and Nancy. I need some advice. My uncle is retired from General Motors, and he has points that he says are worth $13,000 off a new vehicle. Is he old and confused? Because that seems like a lot of money. Second question, do I negotiate a deal prior to telling them that I have these points? John, I don't know what those points are. I know there are employee purchase programs that General Motors has, which is a, a generous, good program for employees. I'm not aware of the points. Something uh, we don't have all the answers, maybe 90%. That falls on the 10%. I'm going to have to research that, and I'll get back to you. The points that a person earns over a period of time to buy cars. One, one of my concerns there that would make it untrue is the fact that General Motors today is the new General Motors, completely different General Motors from how many years ago did they go bankrupt and they completely reorganized and the new General Motors has no liabilities to the old General Motors. Uh, So it makes me doubt if he's been with General Motors for a long time, if he's accumulated points that are uh, appropriate today. Still valid, yes. Um, uh, We have a text, this is from Dennis. And it's just an update. It says, good morning. I called in last week about diminished value because Carfax reveals accident with structural damage. <clears throat> I contacted Geico. 
the insurer of the person who hit our vehicle. Surprised to find they actually have a diminished value division in their claims department. Hmm. They want to inspect the vehicle, and he's going to keep us posted on the progress. That's from Dennis in Palm City. Well, that's great. Yeah, I didn't thanks, know that. Thanks, Dennis. That's yeah, that's really good. And then we have one from... <coughs> There we go. Uh, this is from Mark, and um, Mark has a question about the delivery fee from the manufacturer, and he, he sent a picture of the bottom of a window sticker where it identifies $895 uh, for, it says, the delivery processing and handling fee. And his question is, um, okay, so I understand your argument about dealer fees if they're not explained and disclosed to a customer up front, but why does Toyota put on their window sticker delivery processing and handling fee? And why is that not on the window stickers in other states? Is that why you do not have to charge a dealer fee so you have no participation as a dealer in that fee in the window sticker? And I think there is a little confusion between the difference between the manufacturer's delivery fee and the dealer's uh, dealer fee, which sometimes they call a delivery fee. Well, there's also the fact that Southeast Toyota has a fee because they're an independent distributor. Right. And uh, one of the reasons why the MSRP on a Toyota in New York would be different from the MSRP on a Toyota in Florida right. is because of the added... But that's just in the cost. On the M on the Monroney label, that doesn't appear. It appears on the invoice of the of the vehicle. Right, but he's yeah. talking about the 895 delivery yeah. fee from the from Toyota. Yeah, the the uh, the delivery fee which could also be called freight is standardized for all cars and all makes. It's a federal law. All manufacturers have a uh, freight delivery fee and it's standardized no matter how far you are from the factory. Used to be if you lived too far from the factory, the delivery fee was higher. They standardize and that is uh, something that's legitimate. What you have to be careful of is car dealers will charge you again for the freight. And there are car dealers out there that are using freight and destination fee as a name for their dealer fee and tricking you into believe that you have to pay them the freight when you've already paid it because it's baked into the MSRP and invoice for the car. Yes. Already been paid for. Double dip. You don't pay for freight twice. That's right. And uh, the last text is from Andrew and Jupiter. Why would a used car dealer allow me to take the car to another mechanic for an inspection? Why would he take the chance on losing the sale? Well, uh, only if, as uh, Joanna said earlier, if you have the courage to say, if you don't allow me to do this, I'm going to leave and you'll never see me again. Mm -hmm. uh, you should absolutely, there should be no argument. I would say it this way. Why would a car dealer be afraid to let you take a car to an independent mechanic? Especially if you make it clear, if you don't allow me to do this, I will not buy a car from you and you'll never see me again. Mm -hmm. Great, uh, <coughs> great information. 877-960-9960. And uh, I'd love to uh, get uh, from Stu another text from uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. And you can text us. Also, it's 772-497-6530. And we have Kathleen, and uh, she's calling from Port St. Lucie. Good morning, Kathleen. Hi, how are you this morning? We're great. Good, how Hello. are you? I'm good, thanks. I listen to this program every Saturday morning. I find it very informative and very educational. Oh, Coming from you. a family of New York mechanics. Uh -huh. It keeps me abreast of what's <laughs> going on in Florida. <laughs> I bet that's quite an education. <laughs> uh, Kathleen, are you a first-time caller? Uh, first-time caller, yes. Okay, you won yourself $50. That is wonderful. 
thank you so much. It made my Saturday morning because oh. it's really kind of nasty out there. Yeah. Something to smile about. Yeah, exactly. You stay on the line and uh, you can give uh, Michael in the control room your information. What can we do for you this morning? Um, I had You had talked about needing a female caller, and I decided to call in. Oh, great. And tell you folks, thank you so much for being there every weekend to keep us up to date. Yes. Well, we, we hope we've added to your list of the uh, mechanics that you do know and all the uh, professionals here at Earl, Earl Stewart on Cars. S- keep on listening. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Well, I'm happy to say someone did submit some anonymous feedback on youranonymousfeedback.com. It's for Rick. It says, uh, here is some more criticism. Rick's beard. No shave November is over. Lose the beard. LOL, I'm just jealous because I can't grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's sent from a four-year-old child in Hope Sound. I'm kidding. <laughs> And just for that, one day you'll be able. Just to Just for that, it's going epic length. Awesome! I can't epic. wait to see it. <laughs> epic. Okay, we have Frank who is uh, holding, and he's calling us from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Welcome back. Well, good morning to you guys. It's nice to be back. Hey. I've um, been on some cruises. And, I figured um, <laughs> when you're out in the country, uh-huh. I can hear you on the radio. I'm not going to pay $3.99 for Wi Fi to listen to you on a Saturday morning. I'm sorry, I just don't have that budget. <laughs> but a um, couple things um, we'll get to. Did you hear about a Nissan um, car um, delivery container ship losing 3,500 cars on the fire and the crew members jumped overboard? No. Oh, oh, wow. That's a lot of cars. Yeah, it was on the news wow. on the ship. Yeah. Uh, the, the the ship is huge. I mean, over a thousand foot. Hmm. But um, somehow they got on oh, fire yeah. and they were in the Pacific Ocean, coming from Japan to I guess, oh. the West Coast. And, I mean, yeah, I, I see this online like, right now. Competition from Nissan right now. Yeah, hmm. that's crazy. And, um, here, yeah, oh, just, goodness. That's just a, a now, here's another question my girlfriend had and I couldn't answer. What does GTO stand for? I know GT normally means like Grand Touring, but I don't have a clue what the O stood for in GTO. Do you know? Gran, Gran Turismo, and the O, uh, Stu's Googling it right now. <laughs> right. It's Italian, of course. It is Omologato. <laughs> but I was right. Gran <laughs> Turismo Omologato. Omologato, yeah. And we call them goats. Okay. Only right Nancy understood me. Yeah. I'm impressed. Oh, I, 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 remember, I remember the judge and things like that. I, I'm not too far behind in age, and we were definitely in the golden year of cars. Yeah. Um, one other thing, uh, when I was growing up, Sunoco. You could go down to the station and dial in different octane ratings. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that is curious. How were they actually changing octanes from a low? I think they went all the way to 104 or something back then, like race car engine. Uh, go up to 260. Were they actually somehow... Because I know today you have tanks just like for regular and for premium and maybe mid-range. Yeah. But they're all separate tanks. When the trucks come, they put three hoses and three different, you know... 
I had I had a flashback to my I had a flashback to my teenage years, and we always bought our gas as a Snoco stations because they had that dial, and you could pull in the Snoco station, and it would go up to 260. And there was a rumor among all the crazy kids my age that if uh, it could actually go to 280, and but it wasn't marked on the pump because it was illegal. So uh, we would we would try to get the gas station owner to take the uh, the dial and turn it up where there was a blank and there was no number on there for the 280 and then you would pay him extra <laughs> to get the super high octane. Well, there you go. He was happy <laughs> to do it, too. I bring you down memory lane a little yeah. bit there. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, bit. now now for the real meat of the, of the conversation. Yeah. I admired you for reading that letter today from a disgruntled person. I have a feeling, obviously, it was a dealership or someone, yeah. and they were probably trying to... Um, See if you would actually read it on the air, and not only did you read it on the air, you repeated it and went through it, and I, I found that's commendable, and um, by far. Well, thanks. Well, thank but, you. Um, the other, the, the other thing too, when my girlfriend and I go around shopping for cars, either for herself or the kids or whatever, um, we always fight the dealer fee, thanks to you. But you talk about a lightning rod. I say, well, Earl Stewart doesn't have dealer fees. You might as well just shot him with a taser because they jump up and start hollering. Well, he's high as the dealer fees. He's hiding them. He's, he's lying to you. And, oh my goodness gracious! You want to you want to watch the reaction to dealers just going there? I mean, you can't do it because they know who you are. I mean, as a regular you know listener on your radio station, especially in the Palm Beach area, my goodness, mention the world or Earl Stewart, and the whole place just turns upside down. Taking so your life into your hands. An effect, and whether it's good or bad, I just—it's—it's um, it's no, it's nice knowing you guys. So, well, thanks thank for you. taking the call. Thanks very much. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for listening. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. How about another text from your anonymous feedback? We do have uh, another text to read, and, but I just wanted to say, for the last 15 years, I've been searching for that dealer fee that you've been hiding. Uh-huh. I, can't, I can't find it. I'll tell you what, <laughs> any car dealer that will contact me directly, I'm going to tell them where I hide my dealer fee. It could be worth a lot of money from you. <laughs> right. It's what we're going to have a scavenger. We're scaven- just putting that yeah. out there. Let's have a scavenger. Where, where does where? Earl Stewart hide his dealer fee? I will, but you have to call me personally. You know, just uh, So all you car dealers out there, call me. I'll tell you exactly I promise you. How can they the reach you? I give you my word of honor. I will tell you where I put my dealer fee. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you how, go. How can they reach you? All right, we have another anonymous <laughs> feedback here from youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay. I like that we're getting these. And um, uh, I, I, I'm not going to read this one. you got to read this one. Okay. Uh, your boss. Oh, no. Oh. Right there. Oh, Earl Stewart is the sexiest man on radio. <laughs> of course. Of course. I knew that. Yeah, it's a little awkward for me. You're my dad. I can't read that. Yeah. Out, so. All right. And then we actually have John Neal followed up. We answered to try to answer his question about his dad and the points that he had built up with General Motors. And he just says his, his uncle claims his discount is tied into the bonus GM, GM gave out after the tax cuts. But he still wants to know, should he tell the salesman up front about these points or should he negotiate the deal first? I would negotiate the deal yeah. first, and if the uh, if the points are legitimate, uh, then they should take them off whatever the deal is. If they wouldn't take the points off after you negotiate the best price, then there's something funny going on. Yeah. 
Yeah, always negotiate first. Yeah. Keep your Trump card in your pocket. Even with uh, TrueCar and Costco, you should always negotiate. Uh, and that, that way you're comparing a low price with another low price, and you take the lowest yeah. price. And I'd also just uh, want to add, too, because we've seen this before when they put out these employee deals. You still got to go from dealership to dealership sure. online, save some time. But it, it's r the dealer, you can have a great employee discount. I remember yeah. when General Motors did this during the... Um, during the Great Recession, a dealer fee can wipe out a sizable chunk of that discount you're yeah. getting. So you still got to shop around. Yeah, I have a, a text if we have time for it. It's brief. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> this here is about a Honda Pilot, a 2007. And when she starts her Pilot, uh, it sputters and it makes a We haven't got time for a long diagnosis. Grinding here, yeah. noise. Do you guys have an answer for her? Uh, Rick, can you do it in 25 words or less? For a noise, <laughs> go see a good mechanic and show him the noise. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious. How do you show a noise? Like uh, a, a telescope. Demonstration. <laughs> yeah. Use your imagination. Text. If we have time, we have a quick text. Uh, quick, we have to get to, and then we can move on, I guess. Uh, this is... Uh, no name on this. It says, hi, I just turned 65. Would like to buy my dream retirement car, the Lexus LS. I plan to keep it for 10 years for long-distance travel and then get something smaller. In light of pending technology changes, is it better to buy or lease? Well, I would, uh, again, there is no, there is no uh, magic answer there. Uh, I would say you want to lease if you get the best lease deal, buy if you get the best buy deal. Um, when, you, when you lease a car, and anybody that's turned 65 needs to remember, when you sign on the dotted line for a lease, you're obligated for all those lease payments. So if you have a 36-month lease, and for some reason you're 65, let's say you have a problem with your vision uh, or some other uh, feature that causes you being unable to drive, uh, you still have to pay those 36 payments. Uh, you're not building any equity when you lease. So I would say this. But I'm going to reverse what I said. Forget about the lease. Go ahead and buy the car and negotiate the best price. All right. Okay, let's move to the mystery shopping report. Uh, we mystery shopped uh, Palm Beach Toyota. Uh, they're located in West Palm Beach, Florida. Because I own a Toyota dealership, our mystery shopping team goes to great lengths to avoid the appearance of unfairly targeting my direct Toyota competitors. However, our team can't ignore Toyota dealerships and their sales practices because Toyota sells more cars than anybody else. In Florida, 13% of the vehicles in our market are sold, and that's the highest percentage. A large number of consumers deserve to know which dealerships to give their business to and to which ones to avoid. So much as this sounds like uh, I'm trying to give An myself a <laughs> advantage, I am just trying to give you the full picture. There are four Toyota dealerships in Palm Beach County. My dealership, Ed Morse Delray Toyota, Southern 441 used to be called Royal Palm Toyota, and Palm Beach Toyota. This week we shopped Palm Beach Toyota. The last time we paid a visit to Palm Beach Toyota was two years ago in January 2017 when we investigated them for selling used cars with Takata airbag recalls. We checked out a 2011 Honda Accord with a defective driver's side airbag and learned that they were more than willing to sell this unsafe vehicle. They failed the Takata test. And to be fair, every, every dealer does. <laughs> right. failed the Takata test. Almost. Everybody, almost. 90% uh, of them. 
Since our last visit, Palm Beach Toyota has changed locations, moved from its old facility on Military Trail to a brand new one on Southern Boulevard right near the airport. And I, I, I visited that personally. It's a beautiful dealership. They've got an incredible-looking service department. Uh, the floors in there look like a, a museum. I mean, they're just yeah. normally garages are all greasy. Beautiful, beautiful facility. Give it a few years. Yeah. Well, everything ages. <laughs> Palm Beach Toyota sells a lot of cars, almost 4,000 new vehicles every year and nearly 2,000 used vehicles. Their new facilities have only helped them grow their sales, and this is why it's important for this show to keep our listeners informed. Palm Beach Toyota sales practices, good or bad, are sure to make a big impact on thousands of consumers in our area. And let me say this. We used to be the largest volume Toyota dealership between Coconut Creek in Orlando. We used to be the number one volume Toyota dealership in Palm Beach County. They outsold us last year. Yeah, but uh, 10 years running, come on. Yeah, uh, we outsold them for 10 years, right. and last year they, they outsold us. So uh, give the devil its due, right? Congratulations, Palm Beach Toyota. For this investigation, we again focused on used cars. We began by trying to find a used car for sale that had a Takata airbag recall, but we were pleasantly surprised that not one of the used cars they showed in their online inventory had a Takata recall, a Toyota with a Takata recall. Kudos. Uh, kudos to Palm Beach Toyota. However, we did find a 2011 BMW 3 series with two recalls. That sounded pretty scary. Uh, a wiring harness defect was one that could catch fire, and a defective PCV valve heater uh, that could also cause a fire. Uh, both problems had parts and fixes available, uh, but they just hadn't been done yet. Although the first recall was announced in 2015, and the second in 2017. Now, it just ain't right, pardon the expression, to sell a used car with a dangerous recall. And shouldn't do it. You take it to the BMW dealer, they fix it free, cost you nothing, and then you sell a safe car. Mm -hmm. You don't want to advertise cars with dangerous recalls. And I think a car that could catch on fire qualifies as dangerous. The car was listed online for $10,977. There were several interesting disclosures on the ad. This is very interesting. This is fine print on the online ad. Quote, some of our used vehicles may be subject to unrepaired safety recalls. Check for a vehicle's unrepaired recalls by VIN at safercar.gov. Now, to me, that's pretty uh, rotten. Uh, here's a car that can kill you when it catches on fire and blows up, and you put that fact in the fine print. When all you have to do is take it and get it fixed, and no charge to you. Why it's disturbing is that it's that's a that's a cover your ass move right yeah, there. Yeah, it's a lawyer. Yeah, they. Uh, I'll, I'll name names. But uh, uh, who who owns Poppy's Toyota? Roger Penske. Roger Penske. Everybody heard of Roger Penske? Mm -hmm. Roger Penske Trucking. Roger Penske Dealerships. Racing. Penske racing. Racing. Roger Penske. Roger, I'm I'm speaking to you. I don't think Roger is listening, but Roger. Why would you put this in the fine print? Why wouldn't you fix these cars, tell your dealerships to take them and get them fixed free, and then sell them? You know nobody reads fine print. So it's a CYA with a lawyer. Here's the other CYA. It is the customer's sole responsibility, fine print. 
It is the customer's sole responsibility to verify the existence and condition of any equipment listed. And it is the customer's sole responsibility to verify the accuracy of the prices with the dealer, including the prices for all added accessories. I, I enjoyed that one very much. Yeah. I laughed. Here's another one. All advertised prices exclude government fees and taxes, any finance charges, any electronic filing charge, and any emission testing charge, and all advertised prices expire at midnight on the day of posting. They all turn, like into, they turn into pumpkins. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cinderella. This Excuse is called, me, why is there this no is price? Cinderella why do I disclosure? See a, right, that's a good one, the Cinderella disclosure. And so... Every price is going to expire. You only so every price. First of all, you don't Oof. open till nine o'clock. <laughs> right. Midnight comes at twelve o'clock. Right. So you're online at nine o'clock after you uh, you're yeah. putting the kids to bed. So you got fifteen hours. You know, you wake up in the morning and the price has turned into a pumpkin. Prices are only good for fifteen <laughs> hours. All I right. I like the way you were shaking when you said that. Well, he's full <laughs> okay. Of now so we have a rage. new agent X <laughs> is in Kansas. We turn to our newest mystery shopping agent, Thunder. I like that. Agent Thunder. Agent Thunder was given his orders and sent to Palm Beach to the Thursday afternoon. Here's a report. Speaking of the first person, as if I were Agent Thunder. I arrived at Palm Beach Toyota around 2.30 p.m. I exited my car, walked around the parking lot for a few minutes. I didn't see any salespeople, so I decided to go inside. I was approached by a female greeter as I opened the front door. She didn't give me her name, but was very nice. Said she would find the salesperson for me. They didn't seem terribly busy. The greeter was having some trouble finding a salesperson. I witnessed her speaking with two different men. I assume were salespeople, only to see them walking away from her and looking frustrated. Finally, she found someone who walked uh, with her back to me. She introduced me to Luis. Luis shook my hand, suggested we go outside to look at cars. He didn't ask my name or if I was there to see anything in particular. Once outside, I told him I'd seen a 2011 BM3 series on their website and asked to check it out. We strolled to the lot, found the car. Luis asked me if there was any other cars I was considering and if I'd been shopping around. I said I was mainly looking online, but, I had, uh, but I'd seen um, a price by another Toyota dealership who had a nice used Audi A4 for sale. He asked me which dealership, and I replied that I preferred not to say. But I did say that this dealership did not have a dealer fee. Oops. Luis knew right away who he was referring to, and he smiled and said, You know, that's BS, right? I said, We'll see. I haven't really gotten into pricing with him yet. Luis turned to discussing the BMW. He said it just came in stock, and it was very nice. He didn't have a lot to say about it, but other than the fact that it had low miles, 58,000. That is low miles for that mm -hmm. year, 2011, and it was priced right, $1,900 below NADA retail. I asked him if it had any mechanical issues. He said it ran great and had no problems. Now that's a little worrisome. It had passed their inspection. I asked about accidents, and he said he would print a Carfax report for me. I didn't mention that I had already seen the report, and I knew it had been in an accident. F functional damage reported on the Carfax report. Luis said we should drive it. He excused himself to find the key, and I waited by the car. He came back with a, just a key, no tag. We drove the car around the parking lot, never leaving the property. I thought this was unusual, and it is. First time I've seen that. 
but said, I think partly because they have such a large amount of property out there. Right. Big dealership, <laughs> lots of property. <coughs> they took it up to 80. Yeah. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> we parked the car where we found it, walked inside together. On the way, I asked him uh, what my price would be. Luis responded by asking me, how much was it online? Mm-hmm. Interesting that he didn't know. I said it was 10977 And Luis said that the MSRP was 12977 and 10977 was the best possible price. I uh, just I put MSRP in quotes yeah. because... Yeah. There is no MSRP on no. the used car. No, MSRP is only, it's a legal federal term. Right. It means manufactured suggested retail price. And used cars, um, if they charge, if they quoted the MSRP on a BMW, clearly it would be a lot more than that. What he means is the dealer's list price, the dealer's suggested price, uh, which oftentimes they try to confuse with the MSRP. Back inside the building, Luis led me to a cafe area and offered me a seat. Very nice, by the way. Uh, Stu and I, no, Stu hasn't been in there. I've been in there. Really kind, of, kind of a cool cafe. They buy you snacks, coffee. Uh, it's all free. You get free coffee, and, and it's really nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm too scared to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reminded him about getting a Carfax report, but he walked away, and I wasn't sure if he heard me. I waited for a long time, maybe 20 minutes. I played Ballsy on my phone. Just balls. Oh, balls, okay. So, yeah, you can tell I'm not a game player. Uh, while I waited for him to return. Uh, when he did, he told me he had a good, he had good news. He said his manager told him there was a minor oil leak, and they were, they were not going to fix it. Uh, That's he, good news. <laughs> but he could take $1,000 off the price because of that. I asked Lewis why he said there was no mechanical issue if there was an oil leak. He said a car of that age should be expected to have some leaks, and this was a leak, and it was minor. Huh. Nine-year-old, well, eight-year-old yeah. car should be expected yeah. to have leaks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He showed wow. me his uh, worksheet, uh, buyer's order. The top line showed an MS- MSRP, and that's really worrisome there because now they're putting the MSRP into writing, and it, that's a violation of federal law. Right. You can't have a manufactured suggested retail price on a used car unless it's really the manufacturers, which Correct. would be much higher uh, than 9900 or whatever, $12,174. Yeah. <coughs> I bet you that's a function of their computer program. Could be. And they don't don't differentiate. Probably inadvertent. Them. And, of yeah. course, Palm Beach Toyota, Penske Auto Group is part of a publicly held company. They are really accountable yeah. uh, for these laws. And so, Roger Penske, if you are listening, change that when you're selling a used car. You cannot cause the your suggested list manufacturer suggested list. I said it didn't look, didn't look too bad, the price, and asked him if it was the best he could do. He asked me where I wanted to be. I said I wanted to be at the lowest price. Luis asked me if I would take it, if he could get me to $12,000 even out the door. I said I would take the deal. He left to go check with his manager. I reminded him again to get the Carfax report. I think I saw him nod in acknowledgement, but when he came back, he didn't have it. It's kind of hard to get that Carfax report. Mm. Don't know why. Which is weird because they post it on their website. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Louis said we were good to go at 12000 out the door. He asked me to sign the worksheet, and I did. Then I asked if he could hold the car for me for two hours because I needed to bring it to my wife. We were both going to be on the title. He said, no problem. I said that we, when we got back, we would need to look at the Carfax report. Luis looked embarrassed and said he was sorry he forgot to print it for me. I told him not to worry 
about it, but I asked him if it was a safe car, and again, he said yes. Epilogue. Palm Beach Toyota advertised the used car price that does not include their $9,999.95 dealer. Why don't they just call it $1,000? I don't know. So, uh, the fee was mentioned in disclosure language, but like nearly every car dealer in Florida, this violates state law. The dealer fee must be included in the advertised price. And I talked earlier, this is Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act, 501-976. That's a Florida statute. This is a violation of the law. Very serious. Very serious. Uh, the amount of all dealer fees must be included in the advertised price. In other words, disclosing it in fine print at the bottom of the ad won't cut it in the eyes of the law. Also, we have to know that Palm Beach Toyota has another hidden fee uh, in the amount of $129. They call that an electronic registration filing fee. That's a mouthful, electronic <coughs> registration filing fee. This fee did not appear on the worksheet. And uh, Agent Thunder signed the worksheet. If he took the sale all the way, uh, the ch what was that you just uh, told me? Oh, nine oh, minutes. nine minutes, okay. If he took the sale all the way, it would come out in the palm, in the uh, finance department. Now that's where things are spit out of the computer at the speed of light. Papers like this, sign here, sign here, sign here, here, and here. And I don't <coughs> know how many times. Press yeah, hard, three copies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So once you get into the business office, uh, it's you move at warp speed and you sign stuff that you don't even know you're signing. It's worse than buying a house. Uh, with regard to the recalls, Luis failed to disclose these. He may have genuinely forgotten to print Carfax reports, but clearly he didn't consider this a priority. If he didn't consider the priority a dangerous recall, this BMW could catch on fire at any time. And uh, that's right, clearly disclosed on the Carfax report. The only reference to that is the fine print on the online ad that nobody would read except us. And we probably had to do a screenshot and blow it up to be able to read it. That's the only disclosure about the recall. Uh, that's basically it. Uh, uh, a terrible job of misrepresentation of the dangers of the recalls. Also a uh, violation of the law when it came to advertising. Uh, the dealer fee should have been included in the advertised price. And they omitted a dealer fee that we know that they have. So outside of that, it was a perfect shopping report. Oh, I'm being facetious. That's wonderful. <laughs> Other than that, it was hey, great. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, let me remind you that uh, you can rate this mystery shopping report, and uh, you can by uh, texting us at 772-497-6530. That's Palm Beach Toyota. Yeah. I must say I'm a little, a little surprised that a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, I would say well-respected, a uh, lot of uh, regulators out there looking at them all the, all the time. You'd think they would be more careful uh, in their advertising and in their uh, conformance with state law, particularly the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. So I'm a little surprised if they want to expose themselves like this. Uh, They're very brave. Shall we, shall we pull the this, uh, this scores with our callers? Well, our, uh, yeah, we have some listeners already chiming in. Okay. We have three grades so far. Linda says, 
I was going to give them an A, but then after I heard about the recalls, a big F. You don't sell cars with issues like that. Mm -hmm. People's lives mean more to me. And Doug gives them an F. Dean gives them a C. And we'll wait for them to come in, and we can probably give our grades and see if we get some more coming in. Okay. Uh, Rick, you want to start with? Uh I'm giving them a D minus. I Lewis just sounded a little like he he didn't ask a name. He barely introduced himself. Well, he, that just means he was not a good salesman. But yeah, he was. Well, let's, let's talk about uh, deception of the the not getting the Carfax, not disclosing anything. Yeah, and just too many fees. So uh, I'm I'm giving him a D, and it's only because. It's it's all the things that we've been preaching for years yes. that everyone needs to watch out for. Yes. Okay, D from Rick and Nancy, please. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the thought of uh, being in a vehicle that possibly could catch fire, um, it doesn't sit well with me. I'm going to give them an F. Mm. Flat failure from uh, Mrs. Sunshine and uh, Sunrise, I mean. Mrs. Sunrise. Sue? I'm having a hard time. We have some grades uh, that came in online. So we have Gabe gives them a C, Eric gives them a C minus, and Bonnie gives them an F. I'm a little conflicted because I got this whole grading on the curve thing on my, yeah. on my. What they did wasn't extraordinarily bad when we think about every other car dealer, but it's still pretty bad. Um, so I'm going to give them two grades. The absolute grade, I'm giving them an, an, an F because uh, dealers shouldn't do that. Um, but <coughs> if you put them on the curb, I'm going to give them a curve, sorry, a C minus. You know, uh, I, until you said that, I, I was getting ready to go with an F. And, you know, I think I got carried away. I'm getting carried away with the uh, with the uh, class action lawsuit and the thought that here's a publicly traded company that might have a higher uh, order of accountability and responsibility uh, to uh, adhering to the rules. But if I did that, it wouldn't be true to our grading on the curve. And for you new folks, what we mean by grading on the curve is the fact that if we get an absolute grade, there would be practically no dealers in Florida that would pass. We have a recommended dealer list and do not buy from this dealer list. And uh, there'd be nobody on the recommended dealer list if we didn't grade on the curve. So for that reason, I'm going I'm, I'm to go along with Stu. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a passing grade. Uh, it, uh, it pains me, but on the curve, they're not that bad compared to most of the other dealers <coughs> in South Florida. Par for the course. So we'll keep them on the recommended dealer list. We have two more grades. Two more grades. Uh, we have from John gives him a D, and then Jeff gives him a D minus. D minus, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you what, we go. I'm sorry, folks. I know some of you are mad because we, 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 we passed them and we put them on the recommended list. But let that be a heads up to you. When you look at our recommended dealer list, you still have to watch yourself because these dealers were scores were on the curve. And buyer beware at every car dealer you go to in Florida. You just have to be careful. Watch your back. Just on a little sad note is the location of Palm Beach Toyota right now it's a five-minute drive to the BMW dealership where they could have had those recalls taken care of. I didn't realize five, that. Five to seven minutes yeah. because they're at Southern and I-95, and the BMW dealership is right there where Okeechobee and Palm Beach Lake split Palm apart. Beach, yeah. Interesting. They're Great very point. close together. Yeah. He, uh. They could easily have just had a couple porters take that car over, drop it off, yeah. pick it up a, a day or two later, take and... Care. 
not had no recalls open at yeah, all. Take care of the customer. Yeah, I think I think we still have a, a moment here. I'm going to jump off to another interesting subject on the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, I haven't talked about this. The advertised price must include all fees or charges that the dealer must pay, including freight or destination charge, dealer preparation charge. Um, and it doesn't, it's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to charge for the preparation charge that's already been done by the manufacturer. And that's on the disclosure. The disclosure says this charge includes cost and profit to the dealer for items such as inspecting, cleaning, and adjusting vehicles. That amount is reimbursed on all new cars by all manufacturers. So all the, the state law itself is deceptive. They know that all the manufacturers reimburse the dealers for inspecting, cleaning, and adjusting the vehicle. Rick does that on cars. Yep. All mechanics at all dealerships clean, adjust, and, and inspect the cars. And the dealers are passing that along to you as a dealer fee and saying, that's why you're paying me to clean, adjust, and uh, it's a double dip. Yep. Very bad. The PDI. Michael, we about out of time okay. here. Okay, we got lady. one minute left. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, everyone here at Earl Stewart on Cars wishes uh, all of you a great day, and uh, we want to thank you for tuning in uh, to our show. And uh, you are the reason it is a great show. So we'll be looking for you next week. Have a great weekend. <laughs>